Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. The Champions League is back! Tuesday preview action with Jimmy Conrad and Jonathan Johnson as PSG visit Barcelona and RB Leipzig host Liverpool. Two cracking games and we got all the preview info just for you, especially Jimmy's betting tips. Que golazo! Tuesday Champions League action preview begins right now. Everybody, welcome to Gego Lasso and the Champions League is back, baby. Jimmy Conrad, what's up? Well, I'm excited. <laughs> this is a competition that's one of my favorite in the world. And I feel like we've been chomping at the bit to actually get it going after the draw back in mid-December. So very excited to be here with you guys to break all these big matches down. Absolutely. Jonathan Johnson, how are you, my friend? Very good. And yourself, great to be back on with both of you. As Jimmy said, nothing better than a bit of Champions League action. So I think we're all grateful for it returning. I am so happy. The champions! There you go. That's all you're going to get from the, the theme song for today. Listen, everybody, welcome to Que Go La So. This is Tuesday Champions League preview. And straight away, we're not going to just, you know, dilly-dally here. Jimmy Conrad, just give Hi. me your best bets for Tuesday. All right, I always have to give you a little context and I'm gonna go in escalation, let's say. So I really like the PSG, killing Mbappe, score any time. Now we know that Neymar's not playing in leg one. We know that Angel Di Maria is not playing in leg one. And now we're gonna break that down quite extensively here with JJ. But killing Mbappe has got some crazy stat that I really like. And it's in 42 matches without Neymar in the team since 2018, 2019. Uh, he scored 36 times. 30 of those were in the run of play. It wasn't like they were just penalties or whatever it is. He's got nine assists as well. Those are crazy numbers without Neymar in the team. And, and I like Kylian Mbappe to score anytime, especially against the Barcelona defense. That's not very good at getting clean sheets. And if you got to throw Frankie de Jong, of all people, it's into center back, which might happen in leg one. I can see Kylian Mbappe running past him quite a few times. And I think he's going to get some opportunities where whether he buries them or not, I know he had that dry run where he didn't score for nine consecutive Champions League games before he broke his duck against Istanbul Bashakshir. I don't care. He's, I don't care. He's killing Mbappe and I think he's going to get some opportunities. So plus 140 for that. I like RB Leipzig to win straight up at plus 195. I think that's tremendous value against Liverpool right now, especially this version of Liverpool. And I just, I don't get into the exotics there. I like that one straight up. If you guys want to throw it into a parlay, maybe consider that. Barcelona and PSG to draw. I really feel like there's these two teams. Barcelona needs to win this, I think, to really put any pressure on leg two on, on, on PSG for this. They got to take advantage of it. They're in good form. But I like I quietly like this PSG team a lot. I think they're better balanced without Neymar in it. I'll get into that in a little bit. But both teams to score and a draw plus 310. I like that. As you can see, the escalation's happening. And then I like RB Leipzig to score first. And the first goal happening after 31 minutes plus 400. I like that because I think it's going to be a little bit tight to start. I think both teams are going to be feeling each other out. I don't think there's going to be any early action there. And then once it starts to open up, I think that the quality of RB Leipzig, especially if Jordan Henderson is playing center back again, one of their new center backs is playing next to him. 
there's going to be some stuff that opens up. But I think because of the mistakes that Liverpool are making, they're going to be maybe a little bit more conservative defensively. Maybe I'm wrong there, but I feel that. And then RB Leipzig will be the same and are going to try to adjust. I mean, Julian Nagelsmann, the manager of RB Leipzig, very good at adjusting his team and formations in the middle of a game and his players understanding how to do that. I think they're going to wait and see how this plays out. And then when things open up, uh, Christopher Nkunku in particular, I've got my eyes on him. But that's plus 400 for that to happen. And those are my bets. You're welcome. And if you get rich, just send me a thank you note. I love it. Not just a thank you note. Let's get that Venmo in there and thank uh, financially. I get, ten, I get 10% of anything you guys make. I love it. Jimmy Conrad, thank you so much. It's been so long since we had those Champions League bets. So make sure, guys, that you pay attention. All right. Let's begin with Barcelona against PSG. Jonathan Johnson reporting from Paris. If you go to cbsports.com, you can also read this primer of this game. JJ, the mic goes to you. Talk to me about the latest, uh, specifically from PSG squad, and I guess what Pochettino and his strategy is going to be as he debuts himself as a PSG, man- PSG manager in the Champions League and they face Barcelona. Talk to me, JJ. Talk to me about this game. You know what? Barcelona PSG brings up a lot of bad memories for me. Bad memories of Camp Nou, massive humiliation uh, for PSG. Uh, you know, Barcelona's all-time greatest comeback, as their social media was uh, was telling us last week. So, you know, we all know what, what value this game has for PSG, you know, emotionally, uh, mentally, all of, all of that. I think that they've exercised uh, their ghosts from that uh, for the most part, uh, especially last season going all the way to the final. But, you know, we also know that the some of the other storylines coming into this one, no Neymar, no Angel Di Maria. I'm looking forward to, to hearing what Jimmy has to say about, about missing Neymar, particularly this season, given that he's been so key uh, in PSG's recovery in the group stage, uh, you know, in those games against Leipzig at home, uh, Manchester United away, Istanbul at home. Uh, so it's it's going to be obviously a lot of uh, onus uh, on Kylian Mbappe to be uh, the guy who steps up for PSG and, and leads them in this first leg as they try to put themselves in a, a stronger position as possible going into the second leg. We know that Neymar and Angel Di Maria might be back. Uh, it's not certain. It's far from certain for, for Neymar. But Di Maria you know, has a very good shot at being back for that second game. So here... You know, I think that the big questions for, for PSG surround the likes of Marco Verratti. We know that he hasn't been fit enough to play the last couple of games, but he's been absolutely key to Pochettino since his arrival in the fact that Pochettino has started trying to play PSG in a 4-2-3-1 formation that has Verratti pushed further forward. Uh, you know, and he does have greater creativity in that role, but how you know, fit is he? How ready is he for this match? Because you have to imagine that because he was playing up until two games ago, Pochettino is probably going to feel that he's ready to start the match and play the majority of the game, you know, at least an hour. So, you know, that's obviously a big boost for PSG because their midfield looks very workmanlike whenever Verratti is absent. Uh, so for me, that's, uh, you know, that that's going to be quite key where Pochettino places him on the pitch. Also, the defensive lineup, uh, you know, we've seen PSG put in some good performances this season in the Champions League, notably away against Manchester United at Old Trafford. Uh, Tuchel sprung the surprise of putting Abdou Diallo at left-back, uh, who's normally a centre-back. It looks more likely that he's going to go with Levin Kazawa. You'd assume it's going to be Marquinhos and Presnel Kimpembe in the middle. Uh, so that means who plays at right-back. Uh, we didn't see Alessandro Florenzi over the, over the weekend. We should see him uh, lining up here and... I think overall, uh, you know, it's bit 
Pochettino still has quite a balanced squad available to him and one that he's going to be able to construct uh, a starting eleven that's capable of at least drawing at camp now, if not winning. To be perfectly honest, I think that it's going to weigh so much on, on how PSG approach this game mentally because there are still some guys in that squad who were part of the, the remontada. Uh, you know, Verratti, Marquinhos, Kozawa, uh, you know, were all on the pitch uh, when Barcelona came back and, and knocked them out a couple of years ago in those traumatic circumstances. So assuming that they, you know, can keep that far out of their mind, you know, I think we're going to see a motivated PSG wanting to impress in Pochettino's first game uh, in the Champions League in charge. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm expecting them to go out there with a, with, with a point to prove. And I think up against this vulnerable Barcelona side where there's expected to be some very strange uh, tactical innovations. Jimmy was alluding to the possibility of De Jong playing uh, in central defence. Uh, you know, there's also the possibility of Umtiti uh, coming in. Gerard Piquet, who's not played in quite a while, you know, possibly playing some, some part. Uh, you know, Busquets, uh, you know, along with Umtiti, looks pretty immobile these days. So, you know, I think it's really important that PSG don't get overawed by the mental uh, aspect of this uh, and look at Barcelona for, for what they're going to be on the pitch. And to me, that's a team that, you know, doesn't really have much of a clue about, uh, about what they're doing at this moment in time. I think that this is a game that PSG, if they really want to, can stamp their authority on. Yeah, well, let's, Jimmy, uh, let's All focus right. now on pivot to Barcelona because I'm actually going to go completely against what JJ said. I actually okay. think Barcelona wow. is not as vulnerable as you may think. Mm. Um, I think that there are issues, but I think this past weekend, I get it, it was just a la vez, but a 5-1 win, I think, is going to uh, bolt up the confidence in this Barcelona squad. And I think that, yes, uh, the issues at the back may be a problem, but the fact that there's no Neymar, the fact that there's no Angel Di Maria, which to me is more important, actually, even more than Neymar, maybe, uh, and the availability of Marco Verratti, I don't know. I feel that Barca will be up for this. I just feel that there's something going here that may counter the narrative of what we just heard. And JJ is far smarter than me. So I'm just really going for the instinct here. What do you think of Barcelona's chances in this game? Well, I, I think I could use that same argument to talk about PSG a little bit with regard to the good form that Barcelona's in. The front three in particular uh, from Barcelona, Griezmann, Messi, and Ousmane Dembele are playing very, very well. The combination play in particular, I think, between Messi and Griezmann has been finally, right? You just, as a Barcelona fan, you're like, finally, Messi trusts Griezmann. And you can see it. He's looking for him. And Griezmann's making good, purposeful runs because he knows that Messi will actually play it to him this season as opposed to last season when Messi would only look for Jordi Alba or Suarez, you know? So that has been uh, very promising, I think, from a Barcelona perspective and it has unlocked a lot of things for that offense in particular. I just... On PSG's side, to use that same thing, um, Mauro Icardi's healthy. He's scoring goals. Moise Ken has been very good for PSG as well. He's scoring goals. I actually think that Neymar not being in this game actually helps PSG to JJ's point. He's talking about the, the psychological standpoint, the emotional standpoint. If Neymar was in this game, and I, we all can agree here, I don't think you can disagree here, he would be trying too hard to, to prove something to his former club. That emotion would override everything. He'd try to get the ball and run at everybody and not maybe combine in the same way because he wants to be the guy that does it. And we see it sometimes where he even tries to do that. Even last year in the Champions League, he was trying to do everything by himself. Now, obviously, the guy can, more often than not, make something happen by himself. That's what makes him one of the best players in the world. But I think with this particular opponent, his former club and all the emotion tied into it, it might even be better in PSG's regard that he's not playing. And I actually think, to your point, that Angel Di Maria might be the bigger loss in terms of balance and how, how balanced they are on one side to the other. Because now you might have to put Moise Ken 
out wide as a winger. And that's for me, not where he's best suited. I think he's better up top. So uh, I, I don't know. I like PSG in this one. And there, I saw some, some article about them being very weak defensively PSG. That is, I was like, are you, are you insane? They've only given up 15 goals so far in league on. It has, actually hasn't even been that great of a season. They're at Keeler Navas comes back into the team. That's going to help them. Marquinhos being a center back only and not having to be a defensive midfielder is good. Verratti, I think will play. Uh, and so I like PSG in this one. I think there's a draw because I think Messi will somehow will them to, to not losing this game. Cause I don't think they've lost to a French club at the camp now in 60 million years or whatever. So there's a lot of history there, but, but uh I don't know. I just think that defense that you're saying, uh, Luis, that you might have a little faith in, I don't have the same faith. I mean, they're potentially going to start Minguesa out wide, who's a center back. Mbappe is going to run that guy. Then you got De Jong playing center back, who, yeah, he can pass, but he can't run with anybody. And his instincts aren't playing defensively. Lenglet's okay. And then Jordi Alba doesn't like playing defense anymore. He's like Marcelo. Uh, he's like Marcus Alonso. There's plenty of left backs out there that love to attack, but don't like to defend. And he's one of those now for better or for worse. He does get forward, but I think that's something that PSG can handle. I like PSG. I think they're going to be solid and I think they're going to get a result here. What result is that? I say 2-2. Two, two. Two all. Okay, good. JJ, uh, let's go back to you. I did like that line uh, behind Icardi this weekend with Draxler, Mbappé, um, and Moise Keane, right? Uh, was it just behind Icardi? I think that's what it was. It looked pretty good. I mean, granted, it was nice, but I think Pochettino's finding this system where it doesn't really... And this actually almost happens always, almost always. Southampton, he did it with Tottenham. It doesn't really matter who's in there. It's more about that pressing system, especially in the front line when you don't have the ball. You might see that with PSG. What, what do you think? And then ending with your final score prediction. Well, it reminded you that Drexler existed, right? Because it's pretty much the only time that we get to see him on the pitch these days. Uh, it's, um, you know, it, it was interesting the way that Pochettino lined PSG up for that match because Nice, although they're in a pretty poor position in Liga, they strengthened their defense really well during the January transfer window. So you have PSG going up against William Saliba and Jean-Claire Todibo, who's on loan from Barcelona. Uh, and, you know, I think Barcelona actually probably could have used him uh, in, the, in, in the squad for this one. And for me, I'm, I, I'm like you, uh, I agree that, uh, like Jimmy, I, I agree that Ken is not best placed out wide. Uh, Mauro Riccardi does have a point to prove through the middle. He's rarely been used in the Champions League after that move to PSG was uh, made permanent. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is a good opportunity for him as well as Mbappe. Uh, you know, and I think that I, I can just see them exploiting this, this Barcelona defence. And if they're finding the target better than they were against Nice, uh, and more tuned in, which quite often is the case. You know, we see PSG kind of a bit lazy, a bit complacent in the match, in the build-up to the Champions League normally. We saw that against Nice and they still managed to get the result. So I expect a more focused uh, PSG attack. And for that reason, I'm going for a 2-1 PSG win at Camp Nou. Love it. All right, we got 2-0 from Jimmy Conrad, 2-1 to PSG. I'm going with 3-1 Barcelona. So we wow. got plenty, plenty to go around. Yeah, plenty man. to go around. What are, drink, what are you drinking this morning? Don't tell me it's Mate. <laughs> Mate, I'm stronger than that. My friend, I'm Peruvian. Mate doesn't belong with me. This is different. <laughs> Um, all right, PSG Barcelona eh, be done. Let's move on here. We're not taking a break. We're going to keep going. RB Leipzig against Liverpool. Liverpool, who have now faced three straight defeats, the latest one being against Leicester City, face a very confident RB Leipzig who played last Friday. They even rested some players. This is 
This is a big deal. It's a big game, obviously, for both. Um, Jimmy, you gave us some lines from uh, your best tips. Let's begin with you on this game. W what can we expect from this matchup? Does RB Leipzig face Liverpool in the first leg? I think you're going to face or you're going to see in an RB Leipzig team the energy that they had against Manchester United on the last match day where they knew they needed to win. They were at home and they went for it. They, they scored early, they scored often, and they put Manchester United to the sword right away. Manchester United aren't as devastating going forward as Liverpool, so they have to be a little bit cautious, which is why one of my bets was, you know, no goals, and RB Leipzig will score the first one after the 31st minute. Uh, I think there will be some, some feeling each other out. This is the, this is, uh, the leg two, or the, excuse me, the two-legged affair, so you don't want to necessarily throw everything out there right away. You can, you can take your time and be patient, and I think Julian Nagelsmann, it encourages patience. You've seen it with his career. He could have made a bigger jump to bigger teams and decided to, this is his very thoughtful in terms of how he uh, lays things out, both on a personal and collective basis. So I like them a lot. I, I like RB Leipzig to do this. I think uh, the Upa Meccano being announced that he's going to go to Bayern Munich will help settle him as a player, right? His future has been resolved. And I think he'll end up playing with a little bit more peace and less uncertainty. And I think that'll be good for them. Their, their midfield is so strong. And this Liverpool team, yes, you know, with their front three of Firmino, Mane, and Salah are so good and can score at any time. I just feel like they have, very similar to Barcelona, Liverpool, that is, a lot of defensive frailties that can be exposed. And I just feel like they're going to find it, RB Leipzig. Christoph, uh, Christopher Nkunku uh, usually kind of plays underneath. He's been playing a little higher and a little bit more centrally for me this season in particular. And I think he's been great. I feel like they had a really good performance, a 1-0 win against Bayer Leverkusen. They started to tighten things up on the defensive side since the, uh, the, the group stages where they gave up more goals than anybody else who that, that actually advanced in the knockout rounds. So, so I like RB Leipzig. And, and just because there's just this pile on effect with Liverpool, they can't seem to get anything to go their way. They're making mistakes. Uh, Allison's making a lot of mistakes. I think their confidence is low. And even if they score first, I don't think that's going to trouble RB Leipzig all that much. I just feel like they've got more confidence and, and are just better at the moment. JJ, to uh, Jimmy's point, I feel like this game is all about who takes advantage of the mental aspect. And I feel like Liverpool is very vulnerable right now. Um, I, and I'm really wondering who's going to start at the back, to be perfectly honest. You know, there's no better options here. You put Henderson at the back, you lose a lot of that key part in the midfield, and that's a major problem when you face somebody like RB Leipzig. Talk to me about this game. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad that Jimmy brought up the parallels between the Barca PSG game and this one because they're quite similar. Uh, you know, I see Liverpool being vulnerable in a similar way to to Barca. Uh, and for me, uh, you know, I, I think it's a huge risk when we're talking about Liverpool defensively, uh, you know, throwing in either of the, the, the new signings at this moment in time. You know, when you, if you use them in the league, you know, there's no, you, you can't really throw any recriminations their way because the the damage has already been done in terms of Liverpool's title defence. You know, I don't think anyone can dispute that City are probably now going to run away with this. I mean, Klopp was saying that just a couple of weeks ago after the loss to City. Uh, and I've seen nothing to change my mind over the weekend after that defeat against Leicester. So I think you there's less at risk if you put them in, uh, in the league as opposed to the Champions League. Because at the moment... You know, the Champions League is one of the only bits of silverware really left for Liverpool to, uh, to, to win this season that they could possibly win. Because we've seen teams have off seasons in the league 
yet still do well in Europe. And I think that that's what Liverpool are going to have to concentrate on between now and the end of the season, because I think that they still do have enough quality to make a deep run in the Champions League. I'm not going to say go all the way, but honestly, with, uh, with, with soccer the way it is right now, you, you never know. You know, once you get into those latter stages in and around the quarterfinals, uh, you know, anything can happen. It's completely the luck of the draw. So for me, I think that this now focuses on Klopp and how he manages this Liverpool squad uh, with a view to, to both legs, because I think they're going to lose this first leg, but the crucial element uh, for, for Liverpool is to get an away goal. Uh, I can see Leipzig winning this or being 2-0 up, uh, and li- potentially Liverpool grabbing a, a very late uh, away goal. And then for, for me, I think that it plays into Liverpool's hands, being at home for the second leg. Uh, you know, and, and you know, everyone knows that despite the fact that there, there won't be any fans in Anfield, you know, it's a stadium where there's a special value attached to, to European nights. Uh, you know, and I think that the Liverpool players will know that they need to step it up at home uh, and, and salvage something from the tie. So for me, I'm expecting Leipzig to win this first leg and Liverpool to, you know, potentially give it a good go in the in the second leg. But it depends, depends how Klopp lines this team up, uh, you know, and, and manages his squad for, for this first leg because Leipzig... You know, they're, they're going to be looking at their situation in the Bundesliga, uh, particularly with regards to the Bayern result that happens later after we've taped. Uh, and, you know, I don't think they're going to be holding out that much hope of, of ousting them now in the title race. They'll be looking at going as far as they possibly can in the Champions League after last season's bonus of, of reaching the semi-final. Uh, and, you know, they, like, like Jimmy said, you know, there's a lot of reasons to think that they're going to be more settled now, notably Upper Meccano. Uh, and, you know, for me, I think that this Leipzig side will will win it on the night. Uh, it's just for Liverpool, it's a question of not losing by too many goals so that they still have a chance for that second leg. So, Jimmy, let me throw that to you for a second. One, one of the things that Jimmy just, uh, JJ just talked about, which is, uh, you know, what the lineup will look like. What do you, what do you think, especially at the back? What, what's Jurgen Klopp going to do here? That, that's a good question. And, and one thing I would add on to this is what 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 – what competition do they want to continue focusing on? Because it feels like based on their depth, they can really only focus on one. If they want to finish in the top four, they got Everton on the weekend in the Merseyside Derby. And I know that Everton just came off a 2-0 shocking loss to Fulham somehow, some way at Goodison Park. But this it'll be at Anfield, but still no fans. It loses some of its uh, atmosphere uh, in that way, but still a big one for them. And if they lose that, especially with Everton trying to crawl into the top six and maybe even the top four, there's so much at stake. So these next four or five days for Liverpool are going to really determine a lot. If you put Henderson back there, it feels very De Jong-like. Obviously, he'll do the job, but it's not his best position. And I do think you lose a little bit of his bite and his transitional skills uh, for the team overall if he's not in midfield and you kind of limit uh, his strengths. Fabinho, I think, will be a question mark. I think to JJ's point, this might be a, let's just hold on for dear life in leg one and then do our damage in leg two when they have a easier fixture schedule too and they're playing like Sheffield United and Wolves. Not that those are easy games, but but a little bit different than some of the big boys that, that exist in the Premier League. So I don't know. I mean, do you roll out one of your younger guys? Kabak was okay, but he obviously does it or against Leicester for, for a portion of it. And then he had that mistake with Allison, which I blame more on Allison than I, than I blame on the 20 year old center back. He played for Schalke, right? So he's going to have some familiar familiarity with RB Leipzig. So that could play into it. So I suspect that Kabak's going to play. Uh, and then you're going to have Jordan Henderson next to him. And I think you hold off and keep Fabinho fresh because you still have a lot of important games for the rest of the season and potentially in leg two. Uh, what I'll find, what I think Liverpool should consider though, if you guys remember, I don't know how long ago, maybe six weeks ago, RB Leipzig got slapped around by Borussia Dortmund 3-1. 
And that was a front three, front four, that'll look very similar, I think, that Liverpool has. As Jaden Sancho was very good in that game. Erling Holland had two goals. If you guys remember, Gio Reyna was on the other side. Marco Royce underneath was uh, had two assists. Very good performance from Borussia Dortmund. That's when we all thought they were going to kick on and have a great season. They've been kind of sputtering since. But, but that front three made hay against this defense for RB Leipzig. And I think Jurgen Klopp should look at that game in particular as to how you can expose this RB Leipzig team. If they can figure out a way to get, I mean, Erling Holland's a little bit more mobile than, than Roberto Firmino, but, but if they can get those wingers involved uh, in a meaningful way and Firmino can hold the ball and allow the team to transition, I think Liverpool has a decent chance to get opportunities. Whether they score those or not, that's kind of been the bane of their existence this season. They're not scoring the opportunities when they get them. So we'll see what version of Liverpool shows up in this one. And a few weeks later to that Dortmund loss, they lost 3-2 to Mans as well. So, you know, they are vulnerable every now and again. But I'm just how we deferred so much. I'm going to agree 100% here with JJ. I think this is 2-1 Leipzig with Leipzig taking a 2-0 lead and Liverpool just get it because it's very important for them to get an away goal. I think that is absolutely key. They come away with nothing, it's over in the second leg. But if they can get a goal and keep the margin uh, very sh- uh, you know, small, I think it could be something. All right, so JJ, give me your final prediction. I forgot about the score. You said 2-1 as well or something different there? Yeah, I'm sticking with 2-1. So 2-1 in both games, but this time the, the, home, the home team uh, coming out on top. Jimmy? Yeah, I'll say... 2-1 as well. I had my bets, Leipzig to win straight up plus 195. And I actually like Leipzig to score first and after the 31st minute plus 400. And hopefully that goes down. Isn't it great when we all agree? It's a beautiful <laughs> world. All right. Well, that's it. That's our Tuesday preview. Any final thoughts as we say goodbye and you get ready for the return of the Champions League? Jonathan Johnson, final thoughts as we look ahead to Tuesday's action. Uh, no, I mean, I think we've covered it already for, 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 the, for the games. Just really excited to have Champions League football back and hopefully it lives up to, to our expectations. You know, it's been a long winter. Uh, it feels like we're now ready for, for some of that Champions League gold to come back. Absolutely. Jimmy Conrad, final thoughts as we look ahead to Tuesday. My final thoughts are that I'm sad that these games are being kicked off at the same time. I wish they staggered them because I feel like we're going to miss out on maybe some of the subtlety and nuance that we all love about the game because we can't watch it because we're trying to watch both at the same time. That's it. I'm just a little sad. No, it's true. (laughs) It's good for the health and sanity of us because of like the length of the day (laughs) that we would cover. But I agree. It's always good to have one game after the other. But anyway, the Champions League is back. Two cracking games on Tuesday. Jonathan Johnson, thank you so much, my friend. Thanks a lot for having me on. Always a pleasure and look forward to joining you guys after Barca PSG. Absolutely. Jimmy C, thank you, buddy. Thank you, guys. Hey, everybody. I want to thank Jimmy Conrad and Jonathan Johnson for joining me today. Don't forget to subscribe to Kego Lasso on Apple Podcasts. Please leave a rating and review. Follow us on Twitter, Kego Lasso Pod. We're on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Kego Lasso, Spotify, Stitcher. We have so much content as the Champions League and Europa League has returned two episodes a day. And we have so many more interviews with so many interesting guests. As She Believes Cup begins later this week. We have a great interview with USWNT Captain Becky and so much more. Make sure that you're with us all for the ride. Have a great, great week.